Thanks for popping on your headphones and joining us for an episode of Ballsy History, a podcast about big personalities and little-known stories. Settle in for a tour of the outrageous acts, incredible stories, and outsized characters that shape history. We're your hosts, Elizabeth, Elise, Elliot, and Maureen. We're glad you're tuning in. Do spirits want to communicate with the living? Today, on our show, we'll learn more about Ouija boards and how people have tried to use them to communicate with those who have passed, as well as to reveal the past and show the future. When spiritualists attempt to contact the deceased, they sometimes use talking boards, the forerunner to the Parker Brothers toys you can purchase for only $19.99. Spiritualism began during the 1840s in Hydesville, New York, and adherents believe spirits of the dead can and do want to communicate with the living. By 1897, spiritualism had more than 8 million followers, including Queen Victoria, Mary Todd Lincoln, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Victorian seances were presided over by mediums who could dictate the spirit's message by means of rapping or knocking. Talking boards, also known as witch, spirit, oracle, or channeling boards, were sometimes used. As talking boards became more mainstream and needed no medium, they soon found their way into many American homes. But are they malarkey, or do they provide a channel between our world and the dead? It isn't certain whether the W.S. Reed Toy Company was the first to sell talking boards, but the company's co-founder and treasurer, Charles E. Dresser, did send one to President Grover Cleveland in 1886 as a wedding present. Cleveland wrote back, I acknowledge with thanks the witch board, which you sent me as a wedding present. I accept it as an evidence of kind feeling and friendship and can admire it for its ingenuity but I hardly think that I shall immediately test its power to disclose the past and forecast the future. Within a few years, by 1892, the firm registered the Esperito Board, but just four short months later published a letter stating that they were withdrawing from the talking board business and referring customers to the Ouija Novelty Company the sole manufacturers and owners of the only reliable talking board, Ouija. No one knows why they backed out of selling the boards, this being the first of several mysterious happenings during the beginnings of the board's commercial life. That same year, a fire burned down the W.S. Reed factory and the replacement factory constructed this time of brick suffered the same fate four years later. The following year, the company merged with the Whitney Reed Chair Company and ceased to exist. Meanwhile, businessman Charles Kennard also recognized the commercial potential in talking boards. His Ouija board, Kennard's actual patented brand name, came to be after he read an Associated Press article on spiritualists and the new phenomenon. He teamed up with coffin maker E.C. Wright and came up with their own version. After several failed businesses, Kennard moved to Baltimore, where he started a real estate business in 1890. 
Charles brought his talking board idea with him and soon met several gentlemen at a Masonic temple meeting that agreed to go into business with him. Thus, the Kennard Novelty Company was born. Unfortunately for Kennard, one of the company's co-founders took over the company, renamed it the Ouija Novelty Company, and made his friend William Fold the boss. After being thrown out of his own company, Charles tried twice more to manufacture talking boards. Both times ended in legal action. In 1898, the Ouija Novelty Company, with William and his brother Isaac at the helm, began to manufacture and sell the boards. In 1901, the company signed a new exclusive agreement with William Fold, igniting a family feud that lasted until 1997. William held over 33 patents, trademarks, and copyrights combined, including sandboxes, pails, dartboards, doll furniture, and parlor games. He was a creator of American fun. On February 24, 1927, William Volt was tragically killed by complications caused from falling off the roof of his three-story factory, one a Ouija board supposedly told him to build. The iron support he was leaning on while overseeing the replacement of a flagpole gave way and he tumbled backwards. Lying on his deathbed, he made his children promise they would never sell the Ouija board. On February 24, 1966, however, the 39th anniversary of William Fold's death, the Ouija board was sold to Parker Brothers. Since 1991, all patents and trademarks related to the Ouija board belong to Hasbro Inc., and you can buy one off their website with just a few clicks. There are many explanations of how this infamous game got its name. But according to Robert Murch, the world's foremost collector, historian, and expert on Ouija and talking boards, Elijah Bond was having trouble securing a patent, so he brought along his sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who is a medium, with him to a meeting where they demonstrated the board. When they asked what the board wanted to be called, it spelled out O-U-I-J-A, and then revealed this meant good luck. Peters later told the group that the word Ouija had been on the locket she was wearing that night. After many rejections, Helen Peters and Elijah Bond were still trying to secure a patent for the board at one patent office in Washington, D.C. They were once again asked to prove that the board actually worked. One chief clerk, in an attempt to move things along, said, Look, you don't know me, and I don't know you. If that contraption can spell out my name, you've got your patent. The board spelled out his name letter by letter, and without further ado, the patent was granted. Pearl Curran, a St. Louis housewife, wrote six novels through her board, declaring them to be works of an entity she called Patience Worth who was an unmarried Englishwoman who immigrated to America in the 1600s. Witnesses claim her pointer sped across the board as Curran called out Patience Worth's words at a rate of nearly 1,500 words an hour. 
Her publication of Seth material established her as one of the preeminent figures in the world of paranormal phenomena and brought the idea of channeling a spirit to a broad audience. After her death in 1984, at the age of 55, others claimed to channel Seth and one person claimed to channel Jane Roberts herself. Even the famous poet, Sylvia Plath, used the board for everything from story inspiration to horse racing numbers, wrote a book titled Dialogue Over a Ouija Board. Ouija boards have been depicted by Norman Rockwell on the cover of Saturday Evening Post and featured on both I Love Lucy and Dennis the Menace. Ouija's reputation became more sinister after its role in the 1973 hugely successful film the Exorcist, where it is portrayed as the way the devil gained access to a young girl's soul. In fact, while writing his book, The Exorcist, author William Peter Blatty had a personal experience with a Ouija board that convinced him that he was communicating with some kind of spirit. Talking boards have also appeared in the horror films Paranormal Activity, Ouija, and Ouija the Origin of Evil. The Ouija board has also played a lesser-known part in science. The planchette, for instance, is able to move on its own by means of ideomotor effect, which refers to the influence of the unconscious mind on muscle movements. Sidney Fells, professor of electrical and computer engineering at University of British Columbia, along with Professor Ron Rensink, came up with a study to determine whether the board could unlock unconscious knowledge. We didn't know if we'd find anything, but when we did, the results really surprised us, Fells said. Study participants were asked to answer or guess at a set of challenging questions. They were correct about 50% of the time. But when they responded while using the board, they scored correctly upwards of 65% of the time. Results in a follow-up study replicated the findings, and Rensink believes there are possibilities for further study, particularly in Alzheimer's and other neurodegenerative diseases. It's difficult to separate the board from its pop culture image as spooky or even dangerous. And yet science shows it as one way of accessing knowledge and cognitive abilities that you don't have conscious awareness of. The board does offer a link between the known and the unknown, even if it is different than people originally thought. To quote Nicholas Ricketts, curator at Strong National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, there has never been another brand board game like it, and I don't see it fading away anytime soon. <laughs>